Welcome back to another episode of Always Open. We are so glad you've joined us today. I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and today I have two wonderful friends with me, as always. We have Griff. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. And first time guest on Always Open, Drew Sapley. I'm new. I'm new. You're new. (laughs) A smattering of applause from the studio. I appreciate that. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks. I'm so, happy to be here. So glad to have you on the show. Yeah, it's uh, you've through both iterations of the show, I've uh, not gotten a chance to be on, so I'm excited to be here and uh, be open. Which always is open. I feel like it's such a miss on my on my half because like Drew is so much fun to talk to. You're so insightful. You have so much like cool none life of, experience. None of these things are true. Uh, well, we're also like <laughs> do have really cool life experiences. Yeah. You're always telling stories, and I'm like, what? How do you not tell me that the first day we meet? Oh, yeah, I think I've got like the dad energy stories of like. Oh, dad was in war. He doesn't talk about it. <laughs> no, literally. I've done some things. I yeah. just don't want to bother anybody. You also used to host a show with Andrew, who's yeah. been on the show uh, as well, Andrew Rosas, yeah. called The Most. Who's great. You've been on that show a few times. I have. Uh, but I do remember now, I'm just remembering now, that you were the person who didn't answer questions. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, come on this show yeah. where all we do is answer questions. That's fine. Yeah. 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 So now you're going to be forced to. That's fine. Ah. That was the whole bit of the show was that I didn't answer questions, but... We'll happily answer whatever questions you might have. Absolutely. I also do want to mention um, shows like Always Open and everything we do on this channel and at Rooster Teeth is made possible by our first members. So if you are a first member, thank you so much for supporting us. If you're not a first member, please consider becoming one. It really helps us make shows like this. It it basically is the equivalent of someone watching 6,000 YouTube videos. Uh, So it it really is a huge help for what we do here at Rooster Teeth and everything that we work on. So, How many YouTube videos do you think you've watched? Like maybe 6,000 in my life. In my life, yeah. 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 It's a, a, yeah, like a year of first membership is basically equivalent to watching 6,000 YouTube videos with two ads on every video. Wow. So it really does mean a lot to us. Um, And you get stuff that free. It's early. And early. And may other benefits down the road. There's more benefits coming. Um, something I wanted to do before we get into our questions for today, if you're comfortable talking about it, Drew. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, you recently worked on a short film. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear about that experience and like your passion projects and stuff that you are interested in doing. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. So we do this short film, actually Armando's in it. And then a a few other friends from Rooster Teeth are all working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's about, and also one of the, I think one of the questions today, uh, I had an answer that is about, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just trying to like. With making films and stuff, there's this element of like kind of buying the ticket to take the ride. And yeah. so in order to get to the upper echelons of the industry or whatever, you kind of have to invest and believe in yourself. You have to have this kind of like scary moment of like, I'm going to take a pile of money and turn it into a thing. <laughs> and then hopefully people will look at me. And especially like when you're <laughs> when you're working with such a big team too. You're yeah. just like, please have faith in this yeah. idea that I have. I can't pay you very much, but hopefully one day I can and I will treat you as best I can while we do it. So yeah, we shot a short and it was down in Rockport where my fiance is from and she does the, um, so we shot it down there because she does the fireworks displays for the Ooh, city of right. those areas. And uh, so we just decided that like, oh, part of the script will have fireworks in it. So we should, we'll, we'll kind of like free production value <laughs> Hell the yeah. fireworks show and so like the finale of the Got movie takes place in front of we're in like the i had to have like a very very stern conversation with the insurance company they were like <laughs> how close are you going to be to these high explosives I'm like pretty pretty close like we're going to be we're like in the splash zone we're in the splash yeah. zone for sure is it, would it uh, was it considered the splash zone yeah like, like so like there's like the the pods where you can like set up and blow stuff up and everybody's really close to make sure it's safe and then there's like no man's land for like 650 feet uh-huh. we were 150 feet from the explosions and then we were also in the like 
like a downwind like we were just it was a great it was a great spot to be in to like view the whole thing and like wow got cool sign off from the city and like got uh but the insurance people were like are you gonna have cameras over there it's like yes that's the plan we're gonna we plan to shoot we're it filming. no so. we're doing this for shits and gigs yeah <laughs> i assume everyone was okay though yeah everybody oh it was okay, great like okay. the, those shows are so safe like that yeah. was i wouldn't i've done so many of them it's the hardest it's work. not someone who just bought a bunch of fireworks no. in their no. truck and takes it to the neighborhood yeah absolutely <laughs> no, it's like a professional company that yeah. does it and like they uh uh and i've done so it's the hardest work i've ever done in my whole life really rigging a fireworks show is the uh toughest thing i've ever done for sure like it's just it's like farm work you're just like slinging these giant like ra- it's a whole thing they've never covered that on dirty jobs no, no. it's and it should have been a dirty <laughs> job because like i've never like just come home every bone aches just like in so much pain but you're yeah. in great shape then if you yeah. work on fireworks it's yeah. tough but yeah so we did that and got free fireworks out of it got um armando to come down and be the lead in it and it's wow uh it was the first time so uh, i'll i'll get real heady about it i want to see i bet you in this 45 minutes you can make me cry in the 45 minutes we don't have to leave this in but like okay. lately like i've been really emotional about just like stuff i love that so we'll see we'll Welcome T- to my everyday. TBD. <laughs> yeah. Answer. Yeah. But um, so I wrote this short. Um, and every time I've made something, it's always been through the lens of the audience. Because in college, we did a bunch of shorts for a class. And I thought mine was amazing. And they're like, it's a se- you have to turn in a five-minute short. Wow. Unless it's amazing. And then it can be a seven-minute short. And so it's like, mine's seven minutes. And because it's amazing. And I screened it for like the little small group of the class. And if you did really well in that, you get to play on the big screen in the class. Wow. How do they determine if you do well? If people like people like, yeah, it's kind of vote. And so I screened the short and everybody just crickets the whole time. And then afterwards, a couple of people came up to me and they were like, Hey, um, that was really bad. No. (laughs) Yeah. Like you probably shouldn't do this as a job. And so I was like, oh, okay. Whoops. Uh, Do you and, still have that short, by the way? Uh, probably, yeah. I feel like we should watch it. It's, it's not, <laughs> not my best work. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. And so like from then on, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to put a little distance between me and everybody else. And that way I'll like make sure I'm making things that people want. Mm. And so I would help friends and all of my friends' projects would get to like play for the big room. Yeah. But I would never do anything that was just innately mine. And so with this short, my team that I work with, they were like, hey – do you and so i wrote something that was just innately me and it was like really um like scary and really vulnerable and like so i'd never been that vulnerable before on set and it was great to be like safe and protected but with a bunch of people rallying around yeah Yeah. it was really cool and so i was like okay i you know vulnerable money wise vulnerable uh uh like emotionally wise yeah Yeah. and then i was like cool i think that's as vulnerable as i can be in public and then so we're driving to set the first day <laughs> and my mom calls and she goes hey are you busy i was like yeah yeah and she goes well your dad's having a heart attack oh my god <laughs> and i was like uh oh my god dude. cool and so he's had a heart attack before he's fine okay good uh totally fine and like apparently now sometimes when you have heart attacks now it's pretty chill like, it's a, <laughs> like i guess he showed up at the hospital and they were like we're going to watch you have a heart attack and then uh, we will fix you real quick and he's like cool great and so they watched him have a heart attack and then he like I was trying to figure, I was like, okay, shit, what do we do? Like all of these people are depending on me. Right. What, do I make the movie? Do I just figure out whatever? Looked up flights. First flight to Tulsa wasn't until after we wrapped. And so I was like, I'm not going to just wait by the phone to get bad news. Yeah. I'm going to do what I love and what I'm supposed to be doing. So just, you know, got permission from my mom. I was like, I'm going to just go. And she's like, go. So we did it. Um, like two hours into production, my dad calls. He's like, okay, I'm done having a heart attack. I was like, what? He's they like, wrapped me up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, cool. 
cool. Okay, well, I'm going to go cry a lot. And then uh, (laughs) I have to finish shooting this short film. And so there was this like new third level of vulnerability that I was not prepared for at all of like, oh, I didn't even know that there was this whole room of vulnerability that I need from these people now that the team had to rally around. Did they know all know? Yeah, everybody knew. And so it was like this really... uh, a big test. So yeah. I think that's our, that's going back to like buying the ticket and taking the ride. It feels like the universe has just been like, Hey, get through this. Yeah. If you yeah. can get through this, then you mean it. So I promise to laugh or cry or applaud or whatever needs to be done <laughs> at your short film. I, I'm so proud of it and it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks cause I made it for me and I'm excited to, to make something for me. For and once. you might be putting it on seed and spark. Yeah. We'll be well? putting it up on seed and spark at the, uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but like this comes out the last week of September. Okay, great. So we'll be wrapping up the campaign. So if you haven't donated to seed and spark, uh, please, the, the project's called Raka. And I'm sure it'll be on your social media. Yeah, I'll be all over. Okay. Yeah. So please loud. do check it out. I can't wait to see it. Barbara, thank you so much for letting me uh, of course. that project. That's so kind of you. I, I mean, I love supporting what my friends are doing and their passion projects and everything. You know, obviously, we care about what we're working on here at the company, but also like outside of things and people pursuing their passions and working on these really cool things that everyone should know about. Yeah. You know, if you like what we do here, you should like what we do elsewhere. Elsewhere. Neat. Neat. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of things that are terrifying, oh. um, my icebreaker question for this episode. Okay. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, if you could pick just one. What scares you about the future? Everything. Yeah, yeah all of it. Uh, like, but right now? But right now. In this moment. Um, we're, in, we're, we're in a time right now. We're in a time right now. I'm just trying to figure out if it's going to be climate change or America's slow descent into fascism that's going to kill us all. Ooh. Or Those AI. Or AI. Those are my three main ones right now. So, like, fascism, climate change, and AI. Mm-hmm. Well, and then alien disclosure. No, I'm fine with the aliens. <laughs> they're so chill. I don't care about I the aliens. Why do, you, why do we think they're going to hurt us, right? No, they, they haven't hurt us yet. Yeah. I don't give it. You know who's hurting me? Billionaires. Sure. <laughs> Politicians. Yeah. 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 Aliens done nothing. <laughs> so, would if you had to rank them in a certain order, do you think you would have, like... Because for me, I think, like, Right now, especially with everything going on, like the wildfires and all this stuff, mm. like record high heats, like climate change is fucking scary. Yeah. It's that been seems over like a hundred degrees every day in Austin since G- June? Yeah. Early June. Early, Early June. June. Yeah. And it was such a mild spring, too. I was yeah. so mad. I was like, oh, great. Now we're just stuck here They forever. just like flipped the switch. It was crazy. But then, mm-hmm. like, did you see that thing from Hank Green where it's like basically we stopped polluting and that made the earth hotter because we stopped like cool we, we took an element out of the atmosphere that was making clouds and so oh fun so we should start polluting again oh, God, his, his solution know. was like you can do it with saline you can do it with salt water oh, but it was the fact it was like we... why did the why did the ocean level like temperatures go way up and it was like because we stopped polluting and stopped creating a, a bubble <laughs> we, w- we went too much in the yeah. other direction <laughs> so yeah uh climate change is terrifying it is terrifying uh so yeah probably that and then the fascism and then uh the ai yeah, yeah, it's up there in that order because, like, you know, climate change that's happening all around us right now, and then the election's not till next year, so <laughs> I more do time feel to panic. like, though, with, like, I guess it, it's so hard for me to comprehend because it's so much beyond my scope of knowledge of like, how do you fix climate change, right? And like, what do you do? What could on, we do on a glo- literally a global, global scale? Well, yeah, there's Whereas, 70 like, companies that we could start with, correct? <laughs> yes, that's very true, but also, <laughs> I guess, from like the fascism point, it's like mm. that I feel at least or at least I hope there is a big portion of this country 
who wants to fight back on that and I think just needs to be motivated to fight back on it. And I I am very hopeful, though, because I feel like Gen Z and millennial generation are very much like... (laughs) They're the fuck around and find out generation for sure. I hope so. And so, like, I feel like once more Gen Z, you know, people become voting age and are more involved in politics and more involved in their cities and their state elections and stuff like that, it maybe the ties will change a little bit and become a little bit more accepting of all people. it's, It's not even like the liberal conservative thing anymore. It's like literally just like, hey, these are human beings. Can we treat all the humans like humans? And they're like, no. No. And it's both sides do that. Like, it's like, literally, it's like, hey, can you guys stop them from doing that? And they're like, no. And it's like, can you stop doing that? No. And it's like, oh, so you guys both want us dead, but you want us dead with a rainbow flag. Right. And you want us us dead with several other flags. Uh, Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's just like, it just feels like no one cares. No. Yeah. No one cares. So that actually, I changed my mind. I'm, Putting that back that to back first the and then change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Drew? What scares me about the future? I don't think there's a day that goes by I don't think about dying. Yeah. Just oh, dying. Yeah. Just that being too. dead. Just like I, I realized a while back, like, I really like being alive. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so just every day I'm just like, man, I hope this doesn't, I hope I don't die today. That would suck. Yeah. So just every day I think it's yeah. just what scares me about the future no, when, when there's not one. Interesting. I'm more afraid of reincarnation than actually dying. Like being reincarnated into something that you, you I don't want to do this. Are again. you concerned? Oh, you're concerned you don't want to do it again. But are you concerned of like what you would be reincarnated? Yeah. As? What if it's worse? I don't know if I would worry about that. Because like I'm pretty like this has been a pretty midline life I'm living. Yeah. It's been pretty like chill, comfortable, pretty comfy, and I'm like I can't do that any less than this level. <laughs> this is. Yeah. So I was like I'm, 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 I'm good done, here. I must have sucked in a previous life because yeah. I'm at the bottom right now. I'm just no. like I'm just like I don't want to. And I'm like, I want to go up either. I just want to, I'm done. I want to get off the ride. You were reincarnated from a previous life, like current day Griff. God, I hope not. Because, I mean, I feel like if we were, we wouldn't know about it, right? Like, no, and that's life. the worst. <laughs> I got called an old soul as a kid a lot. And I think that just means I had undiagnosed anxiety. Yeah, no, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> It's not, not you've been reincarnated by someone who lived yeah. in like the 1920s. No. It's no. not. I, I got the exact same thing. And it's like, no, I was just depressed and anxious. Yeah. <laughs> An old soul. <laughs> A well-behaved child. Oh, sad. You, you understand how the world works way too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the, the fear of death and dying is probably one of the most common fears sure. to exist. Obviously, just as being like people who exist and are alive and are aware of their own mortality. Um, but something that has helped me and I've talked about it on the show before is obviously it's going to sound like super hippy dippy, uh, but like just being present. Oh yeah. And this one video I was watching talking about how the opposite of anxiety is not calm or peace. It's presence or, or hmm. being present yeah. in the, like this moment. And the most terrifying emotion as well is joy because when you feel joy, you're worried like, oh, I shouldn't fully embrace this joy because like. What's going to ruin it? What's going to be taken shit. away yeah. from me? Yeah. Like, exactly. And so you you live your life constantly in fear instead of just like really taking in the moment and taking in the joy you feel because of like, oh, well, eventually it's going to go away or eventually this is going to stop instead of like really being present like that. And that's uh, kind of been really eye-opening to me. I think a big thing for me in terms of just being afraid is like listening to when the voice in your head says nice things yeah. and, and like logging those. Like we all have an internal monologue and mine's re- like pretty negative. Mine too. We, we, it's the episode of Bojack Horseman. That guy sucks. <laughs> it's uh, just that. Yeah. 
and just replace it with silly words yeah but that like was my advice before but every once in a while i'll get like oh look at this look at the sun through the trees and it's like oh i'm gonna lo- i'm logging that like Hey, you were nice on accident. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> you slipped up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna remember this for a little bit. But yeah, it was a TikTok I saw the other day that was like, if you start remembering when your internal monologue is kind, then you will continue to have a kinder internal monologue mm-hmm. that kind of abates and it gives you that level of presence because I think that's a lot of us. That negative internal monologue is also time sensitive. Uh huh. Mm, where it's just definitely. like. You don't have enough time and you kind of suck at this. And it's like, oh, great. So, oh, like, geez. so yeah, just anytime there's a positive voice in there, just log it. Yeah, right absolutely. Down. Or what I, this was a, an episode we did with uh, Mondo and uh, Blaine a few weeks ago. We were talking about it, like internal monologue and how it's often very cruel to you. And something that I've done to kind of uh, subvert that is using silly words instead of mean words. So it's like, instead of saying, like, oh, you dropped that, you idiot. Just being like, oh, you dropped that, you dillweed, <laughs> or you goober, yeah. or like any type of like silly little goofy word, because then it just makes it funny. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like poking fun at yourself rather than talking down to yourself. Right. If that makes sense. Mm. That's great. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Especially the word dillweed. Yeah. We should bring that back. <laughs> I don't Come know on, where dillweed. that came from. <laughs> like goober, silly. I don't know. I like those words. Yeah. Especially mm. goober. Um, for me, I, yeah. I mean, death scares me like all the time. Um, and just like the uncertainty of life. Uh, but something that I've been thinking about more and more as a 34 year old woman <laughs> is how like certain things that I'm able to do biologically are coming to an end. Oh, sure. Specifically, like the ability to have children. And I've always been very like, I don't want kids. This is not for me. I don't, I've never had that desire to be a mother or to have a family in that sense. Mm. Um, but more and more I'm thinking like, am I going to be looking back on my life as like a 45 or 50 year old woman or 55, 60, whatever Mm. it is and going like, you should have done that. Or like, I, I, like, I feel like that would have had given me purpose or given me something, but I just feel like my years to decide that are dwindling very quickly. Clock is ticking. Yeah. Like, I feel like my, if I was in this position I am right now with the person I'm with right now and everything like that. And I was like 29. Mm. Yeah. I would feel way less anxious about it. Oh yeah. Like I basically have like six more years to decide if I want to do something or not. Yeah. And then even though you've been staunch in your choice, that doesn't mean that you won't change your mind. It's like, it's right. one of those things where it's like, okay. And then what if that's, what do you do then? Like, or like, what if I change, what if I'm like 42 and I'm like, I really want kids. You buy one. I guess you could. You should buy one. Just store bought's fine. Okay. <laughs> fine. Store fine. Yeah. I would love to adopt. Yeah, I don't. If if I want kids, if I wanted kids, I'm I'm buying a kid. I'm not gonna. I don't. I have no desire to have a kid, and neither does my partner. Me neither. Uh, but if we were to get one, it would it would be a purchase. It would be purchase. It would be purchase. We'd go down yeah. to we, the kid. We would go down to the kid farm. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just think I've become very much more like self-aware mm-hmm. of the fact that, like, of my age and the fact that, yeah, not not getting any younger. And I know it's a very obvious thing to state, but I think like you really start thinking about it in your like early mid thirties. There's also like a professional clock that's also ticking. Yeah, that oh, I don't that know if you've had as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, we like me and my partner have had the conversation about the like biological clock, but then there's just like, oh, I mean, Kayla, you're how old are you? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. There's something weird that happens in your early mid thirties where you're like middle career. No, like, I'm, I'm having that right now. Yeah, every day I come into work and I'm like, 
I should get a desk job. Or like, I mean, you, that's you could anytime. Though. Yeah, it's just, it's just like that thing in the back of my head where I'm like, I'm having too much fun. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> I need to just go get a desk like, job. It's that, it's that joy thing, though. Yeah. Like, let me actually like sit in this and like recognize it and appreciate it. Hard. And, and I think that I imposter syndrome gets really weird Ugh. middle career because you're like, oh, I'm I'm no longer the junior. Sure. Whatever. I'm now the senior thing, and yep. you're like, wait, I'm not the senior. I'm, I'm not supposed to be here at all. Like, but how also, did I get here? to argue that point, though, I would say like a lot of very um, successful filmmakers and people who work in this industry do kind of get their success like later in life. Oh yeah, yeah you, that's very true. You got to that hill is hard to climb. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, you. Everything. Every the most filmmakers start their features at like early 30s. Yeah, because you spend 10 years learning. It's very like doctor adjacent where you're like in residence for 10 years <laughs> right yeah with none of the stakes but i think of like all the, su- the successful you know like uh i don't know like how old's nolan how old is oh yeah um, yeah like steven spielberg didn't spielberg. make jaws until he was 31 32 yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you know I, I'm of the opinion of like it's never too late for anything. Right. But there's always except having kids where you biologically, physically, physically yeah. cannot. <laughs> Unless you're a man. Right. You do yes. that till the day you die. <sighs> right. Just being an 80 year old dude with a, like a two year old son. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with him? You can't get on the floor. Well, ouch, <laughs> <laughs> him on my knee. Yeah. We had, to t- we had to take dad to the hospital because he broke a hip trying to pick up the kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, Let's not think about the future anymore. Let's live in the present, but it's just it's just scary, man. And I think the more you become aware of just like all the troubles of the universe, it, you just get almost Mortality. too self-aware. I think my favorite thing about knowing about aliens is that uh, they might be time beings, which is fucking great. That means time doesn't exist and we can control it. Yeah. Yes. Great news. That'd be cool. That's what I hope it is. I hope it's a time thing. Yeah, I hope so too. Like maybe it's just uh, humans from the future who've come back. Temporal beings. Let's go. Or different dimension or anything yeah. like yeah. that. That'd be sick. Well, let's get to some real life questions that okay. we've received from our wonderful audience here at Always Open. And if you have a question for us that you would like to send into the show, you can do that at alwaysopen at roosterteeth.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Here's our first one. I need some assistance. My husband, who's 37 years old, and I, 35 years old, have been married for 13 years, together for 18. He is my high school sweetheart and my very best friend. We have two children, both over 13 years old. Now that the kids are older and pretty self-sufficient, we are focusing more on ourselves. My husband has this amazing new fantasy world that he would very much like to turn into a webtoon or book. He has the first five chapters written, but he is very much in his own head about it and often talks himself out of the idea because of his age or that he doesn't have time. I keep trying to help him, but we are two very different people when it comes to getting things done. I have and always will be someone that gets it done ASAP while he is the king of procrastination. Have you ever had a passion project but are too frightened to take the next step? Do you believe there is an age limit on content creation? And how would you help a friend or loved one if you believed in their dream but are also frustrated that they are dragging their feet on getting it done? Very related to what we were just talking about. This is a great question. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about this question. Uh, To your point, I don't, uh, the immediate answer, there's no limit on when you can create things. Especially a book. Yeah, no limit on creativity. I want to say like Peter O'Toole won an Oscar at like 85. When did Shel Silverstein start writing? I feel like he started old. A ton of, and like J.K. Rowling, like you, there's no, I mean, oh, (laughs) redact, gross. (laughs) Bleep it out. Yeah. (laughs) We can totally cut it. She who shall not be named. (laughs) But it's an example of, you know, people who write stuff. Yeah. A lot of of older authors. Yeah. But so it's a webtoon, yeah, or book. A webtoon or book, yeah. 
it's a fantasy idea, a fantasy world that he wants to turn into a webtoon or book. The only person who can make him do it is him. Mm-hmm. That's like, I know that from like the only, I, I can, I'm going to be scared the whole time. The only person who can make it do it is me. I think in order to support that is to make space for it. Cause mm-hmm. it kind of gets into like a, caretaking versus taking care conversation. Yeah. And you never want it to be like nagging right? Yeah. or it make it feel like it's a chore to the other person or like something that you want them to do. Right. It should feel like it's something that they want to do of their own volition. I think, tough. I think space is important and not like, Oh, I don't want to talk to you right now, but like a physical, like establishing a, a physical, physical space oh, where absolutely. that thing happens. Yeah. Mm. And so like, that's, I think that's what helped me a lot was I recently got my own little office in our house and it's where all my things are. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, that's, I can look around and like enjoy my things and yeah. they're all, I can, you know, sigh real loud and fart a lot. And in one spot <laughs> in my house where oh, I could do that all over yeah. my house, baby. <laughs> like, where it's like, nobody's going to judge you for that. And so having that space has given me a lot more room to create and a lot more literal space in my brain. Just be like, cool. All of these ideas live in this spot. And so I can access them whenever I want Mm. by being in this space. And so I think that's a big thing. So if looking for something to do would be having a conversation maybe about like, Hey, where's a space that you can take up to do this? And then that way it's always kind of office, Mm -hmm. an office or like even just like a four foot craft table that has all your stuff at the ready so that there's not, the idea of like getting stuff out is really tedious mm-hmm. of like, yeah. oh, I just want to sit down and like do one little drawing and it's right there so I can just. It's like, oh, well, I have to clear off the table. Oh, I have to find my pencils. Oh, I have to get the kid out of the room. Oh, I have to. And it's like, I don't want to do this. It's right. too many steps. Yeah. But it's, it's like, all right there. You sit down and do it. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I think something too that could help, which I found has helped me and uh, my partner Trevor in our relationship is if one person wants to work on something, let's say it's a passion project like this or. You know, if Trevor wants to work on like he, he's been trying to work on music more because it used to be a passion project of his that has not he's not had time to do very often. I often find it helps if I also have a project that I want to work on. And then it's like we have project night yeah. where it's like I'll go into my office to do this thing. and He goes into his office to do this thing. And like we'll, we'll still, you know, we'll order dinner together and like maybe eat together or like just spend the whole night separate, but still check in on each other. Yeah, because there's something about like co-working i yeah. forget what the term is so for you, you want to like mirror what the other person's yeah. doing it's like why well, you can like study with other people yeah because like well they're studying and i'll study I, I should probably do that yeah. yeah yeah and it just it makes it feel more like your partner's not missing out on something you're doing or like wants to be spending time with you because mm-hmm. you're like well i'm working on my thing right so you go work on your thing and it's kind of like a gentle like I'm not telling you to do this, but yeah. here's your opportunity to, yeah. do to work on it. Yeah. I'm going to go do this thing, and you can't watch the bear because we can't. You can't watch it without <laughs> we have to me. Watch so. it together, yeah. exactly. So honestly, real. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing to watch now. I guess mm. I'll go work. I'll go make a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you guys ever had any like projects that you were too afraid to take the next step on? Everything. Everything all the time. All the yeah. time. Uh, How do you combat that? Well, I, I've got the... Big question, I know. Yeah, I, I've got, like, the double uh, thing of, like, being a, a procrastinator and a perfectionist. Mm. So it's just, like... A lot of times those go hand in hand, though. It's, yeah. It's so you wait until the last minute so it doesn't have to be perfect, and mm. then you rush it, and then it's fine because you, you make the excuse for yourself. Yeah, it's super messed up. Um, But, like, <laughs> the one time I did it and I just did it was when I, was when I pitched No Dumb Answers. Oh, yeah. And then uh, it worked out. So then I just started doing stuff because it worked out one time. Yeah. It cascades. Yeah. Like one, one W yeah. leads to another. Like 
because you want that again. You're yeah. like, oh shit, that's all it took. Okay, great, yeah. I, can do, I can do that one more time. I want another win. Yeah, that that's all good. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of yeah the amount of dopamine that you get or whatever the chemical is, some things don't. Whatever you get <laughs> yeah. from that is like, oh, I, I'd like to do that again, and it outweighs just being like, oh, I can stay here and be comfortable. Yeah. Do you think it helps to, if you are pursuing your passion project and are maybe hesitant to take the next step for it, if you just take the pressure off yourself a little bit when it comes to that project of like not going into it thinking like, I'm going to make this a book and I'm going to sell this book and I'm going to, I want it to be successful and I want it to be number one on Amazon or like yeah. whatever, rather than like, I just want to do this for me because I'm excited about it, mm-hmm. kind of takes that pressure off of any sort of. And I can't, I, I can't know. remember who said it, but I, uh, I'm trying to think it's not Bukowski, but. Anyway, uh, somebody said, like, do it badly. Like, just Mm. do it badly. It doesn't matter. And the world is so large and there is so much stuff to take (laughs) in that no matter what you do, if you create something, there will be an audience for it. Mm -hmm. There's as long as you do it in quantity. And everybody thinks that it's a quality game and it's not. It's It's, not. It's 100% a quality game or quantity game. It's just like, if you make a thousand pieces someone is more likely to see that thing. Yeah. And so if you just, to your point, take the pressure off and just be like, cool, I'm just going to like tell it to myself, I'm going to do that badly. Yeah. And you can always redraft and you can always redraw, but it's like today my goal is to do it. And you'll learn so much from it. Right. Like, especially if, you know, your your husband takes this fantasy world he wants to create and just sees what comes out when yeah. he tries to write a book or a webtoon or about it or anything like that. Sorry, yeah, webtoon. Um. And yeah, maybe he never releases it. Maybe he never puts it in front of anyone, yeah. but it teaches him about how to structure a book, how yeah. to structure a story. And then he could go on to like another idea yeah. or revisit that idea at some point. And then you capacity. know, I think that's the other thing is like, there's this false kind of optimism and pessimism where it's like, oh, I, if I don't actually make this thing, then I don't have to know what's going to happen i don't right. what ha- like what happens when the good thing happens i'm i'm i think that's a level of <laughs> that's like, almost I'm, more terrifying <laughs> yeah I'm like i'm kind of afraid of success where it's like what happens if all this goes right and now i have to change my entire life because it's like you won't know until yeah. you know until you do it and actually know and I mean, so i think the con- confronting knowing is a tough thing as well but then uh when you do get to know it's an amazing feeling yeah that's all i got here oh yeah because i i uh i uh my term at my last job ended because mm-hmm. it was like a temporary thing. And I was like, what was that thing I went to in July? And I was like, oh, Rooster Teeth. I'll apply. I'm not moving to Texas. And then now I've been here for six years. Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> it, was just, it was just one of many jobs that I just like applied to because yeah. I was like spiraling because I was like, I'm going to be unemployed. And I've, since I started working, I've never not had a job. Uh, and then I literally like a week after I, I got like an email and I was like, I'm not going to get this job. And I got the second email. I was like, I'm not going to get this job. And then I got the third email that was like, we're going to fly you out to interview in Austin. I was like, I'm not going to get this job. And then like two days later, they were like, you got the job. And Those I was like, jobs. oh, I guess I have to move to Texas now. But I also like had another thing I had applied to that would have just kept me in Georgia. Yeah. But it was boring. And it was like more money, but it was boring. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I'll just do this for a year and a half and I'll just move back home. Nothing's permanent. I've been here for, again, I've been here for six years just because I was just like, ah, fuck, I'll do it. Like I was literally, (laughs) I literally was like until the last minute, like, I don't know if I should do it. And then I was just like, I'll do it. And and then when I sent it, I was like, well, it's out there. Six years. Yeah. Six years later. And now are, you know, doing all types of different things that you were not hired for originally. Yeah. It's crazy. You're all over the place. Yeah. I just, I just keep yes anding my life. Honestly, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. 
Like, just try things. Yeah. Say yes. Say yes to the opportunities that you might be not super confident in yourself about, yeah. but want to give it a shot. Never wrote a script. I, I've done that now. I've a never few times. streamed a video game. I've done that now. Yeah. I've never been in anything, and I've done that now. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> I, when <laughs> I moved, yeah, I, I started climbing when I moved here. Never did that before. And it's just like, oh, I guess if you just say yes to stuff, like the worst that happens, you don't like it and you stop doing it. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I guess to wrap up this question, um, the final part of what she asked at the end is how do you help a friend or loved one you believe in their dream, but they're dragging their feet to get it done? So I think we kind of touched on a few of those things, like give them space. Yeah. Both mentally and physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe pick up a project of your own to do with them. And again, don't m- make it feel like nagging nagging, or like it's, hey, are, have you worked on this thing yet? Maybe more in a gentle way of just like, hey, like we're not doing anything tonight. Maybe do you want to like look co-work? In, co-work or look into that like book thing you're working on or yeah. and maybe offer help in any way. Like, do you need help researching anything? Or yeah. like, do you want me to write down some ideas with you or yeah. like, look at imagery for this thing together? Depending on what they need. Like maybe it's something they do need to just work on alone. Yeah. But you can't you just you can't force anyone to do anything. No. And then pick up their feet. Yeah. And say stop dragging this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Gallery Panda for helping make this show possible. If you're looking for some new wall art, whether you're moving to a new place or you just want to refresh your current decor, Gallery Panda is definitely the way to go. You could even customize your print. All you gotta do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of their website and upload your custom design. Even standard photos look amazing when they're printed with Gallery Panda's technology. Plus, a portion of every sale supports the independent artist that created the design, as well as Charity Water, which brings clean drinking water to the parts of the world that need it most. An amazing cause. So go follow Gallery Panda on Instagram or go to gallerypanda.com to see some amazing art. Use our special promo code, which is ALWAYS30, to get 30% off your order of a large acrylic wall art piece for the first 50 people to check out. Normally this kind of deal, you could only find in places like New York Comic Con, but thanks to our promo code, which is always 30, you could get a Comic Con level deal online. So go get yourself some art and enjoy. Thank you, Gallery Panda. Support for today's episode comes from our friends over at Jenny Kane. And honestly, it's the perfect timing because fall is officially on its way and my wardrobe could definitely use a bit of a refresh. It's definitely still in its summer mode. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. I have been loving their sweaters. I also like the Chloe crew neck. Everything just feels so good. It's such high quality, definitely investment pieces that are going to last you a very long time. And they have an incredible rewards program where you could earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your forever pieces at jennykane.com. Our listeners, that's you guys, get 15% off your first order when you use the code always open at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code always open. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right, well, let's do one more question. Okay. Um, this one reads, I'm a 26-year-old female, and I was in a relationship with my then-girlfriend for three years. It was my longest relationship, and while it sounds corny, she was perfect, and she was everything I wanted in a partner. It's been a year since she left, so the hardest part, like crying and missing them, is over. I've grown a lot in the past year. I've started working out, eating better, and overall taking care of myself. However, when I see everyone around me getting engaged or having kids... 
I feel like I've failed and something's wrong with me, that I can't keep anyone around. How can I feel comfortable being alone and stop feeling this lingering shame? First of all, you're 26. Yeah, that's when I got out of my longest relationship. How long was that? Six years. Oh, wow. Dang. 20 to 26. Yeah. My hot years uh, wasted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, they're just getting started. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just like, it, it ended and then I was like, I'm going to figure out who I am. And then uh, the pandemic hit. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. so then I had a lot of time to figure out who yeah. I was. And that was actually really good. Um, and now I have my beautiful girlfriend who I love and we've met each other. And I feel like I've been able to bring a version to myself to this relationship that I didn't know could exist. Yeah. And I feel like if I had just stayed in the mindset of me being the person I was when I was in that six year nonsense then i wouldn't have been able to show up as a good partner in the future so i feel like you said you've like been working on yourself and like working out and like getting it sounds like you've been like mentally getting into a headspace about yourself that energy is going to be reflected when you interact with people in your life so like i wouldn't worry about seeking it out because it's just gonna find you yeah yeah that's 100%. what I was not looking for anything, and then it found me, and then I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Uh, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you that's nailed it. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, the to go back to the short film that I made. Um, it actually opens on this quote that I feel is really applicable. To that's the Carl Jung quote about mm-hmm. like, um, you know, you could be the best person in the world. You can feed the hungry. You can, you know, um, ignore an insult, whatever. But what if you found out that one day? You know, you can you can feed, you can help the poor. But mm-hmm. what if you found out that you were the one who needed the love the most? What if you were the person who needed to be fed, or what if you were the poor person? Sure. Uh, what What do you do then? And so that's kind of the idea of like, um, the least among us might be you, mm. and like kind of sh- I think uh, this person's already taken care of themselves, but just even focusing more of like, hey, what if you're the one who needs to be loved? Yeah. Like, yeah. And. By doing that, by loving yourself in that way and treating it of like, oh, okay, I can, I can take care of myself first, then people will be drawn to you. Absolutely. In that way. And yeah. also, like, you got time. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so much time. Also, can I address the person directly? Yes, please. Okay. Well, I, I are they gay, bisexual? Uh, I don't. They didn't specify. They were dating a woman, and they identify as female. You're sapphic. <laughs> we people who are sapphic. They have this tendency to do this thing where they will meet a person and then that person becomes everything because they're like, what if I don't find another sure. person, another like lady person to be with me? And they'll overlook a lot of stuff. You'll romanticize the past. You'll see everything through rose-colored glasses or like, like you, you said she was like perfect. And I was like, yeah, if you'd asked me like five years, like the year before my breakup, if, I, if my partner's perfect, it'd be like, oh my God, yes. And now in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, no. <laughs> not what I should have been uh, with at Not all. even close. Not yeah. even close. Uh, so it's just like, it's that thing of like, you can't like focus on what you thought was happening. You just have to kind of like focus on what is happening because otherwise you're going to like take yourself out of it. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, I, like I was, I was always selfie on. I'm just like, hmm. when you stop looking for it, that's when it happens. Literally, like when you give up and you're just like, whatever, I don't care. And it's like, oh, and it can't even, it can't, you can't fake it though. That's yeah. no. real giving up. <laughs> it also sounds like they were in the relationship for three years. Mm-hmm. Have been, she's been now single for a year, mm-hmm. and I think that's like 
after a year after being single, I think that's when you like start to get the itch again of right. like, yeah. oh, I, I missed being in this relationship or like, why can't I find someone to be with? Mm-hmm. Um, versus like when you first get out of it and you're just like, oh, I'm going to discover who I am. Right. And then time goes on and you're just like, I okay, found it. that's enough. Um, I've done enough eating, praying and loving yeah. to find someone who I want to live less. But I do think like, as you guys all said, perfectly it's i think it's such a great opportunity to continue to find yourself and love yourself Mm -hmm. and be really content with who you are and being on your own and being comfortable on your own as well because i think that gets reflected outwards to other people and just living your life naturally Mm -hmm. and those people who come in and out of your life naturally through that you never know what you're going to find and i often feel like people find a partner or someone who they want to be with when they're not looking for that exactly um versus you're like, already dude. complete yeah so exactly. you don't need another half you get a you get a sidekick <laughs> and also the great thing about the situation you're in 26 year old female no responsibility no like anything like that like meet people go yeah. out go like have fun have one night stands have flings like you can do whatever you, you want you're 20 you, so you can you rent a car right yeah, you're an, you adult. Rent a car. you're an adult who can vote you got and your can f- rent a car. <laughs> your frontal lobe's fully it's done all cooking. The way do- you're done cooked. Yeah. yeah. Nice and wrinkly in yeah. there. Tw- 26 to now has been my favorite. Yeah. I thought it was going to be my most depressed, but this is it's only been up since then. Hot years in a different way. Yeah, like Absolutely. like mentally hot years. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but also like, uh, oh, also the part where you're like comparing yourself to like your friends oh, and like right. the people around you don't do that you don't know what their lives are like they could be all miserable they could hate their partners they could have kids that they don't like or regret having like you don't know it's true like everyone always thinks that the grass is greener on the other side but it's just like water your own lawn it's fine but also a lot of people don't ever want to admit that or show that publicly like if they are yeah. unhappy in a situation oh, yeah. or they're not like experiencing the joy that you think Mm-mm. they are like you won't see that even some like very close friends of yours you won't know the struggles that they're going through because they don't want to show that yeah to they don't want to seem like weak exactly right. or like or that they made not, a mistake yeah or they're not like like you said where they think they should be and they would rather like be sad where they think they should be than happy where they need to go so it's just like there's also there was a study done showing that uh single women who live alone are the happiest yeah people that makes sense <laughs> because yeah i mean it's just like i don't know why i don't know the reasoning behind it i should probably bring up the study to read the, <laughs> sure. the details on you um know, well so from, from some of the documentaries and research i've done on reddit <laughs> um seen online it seems to be a lot of like uh and it, it kind of goes back to like just like i feel like in um especially like not even just american society just like the way society as a whole kind of raises men is to be coddled mm. so that when they become adults, they kind of need another woman to coddle them that's not their mom. Yeah. Mm. So it's like when you, as a woman who dates men, like when I hear from my straight friends, it's like, oh, you're raising him because his mom didn't prepare him for like life good. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, he- like when I hear like one of my friends be like, yeah, I like have to like ask him to shower. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yikes. Or if it's like, oh, he didn't, he didn't, I asked him like put the food away and he just like put it, he just like put the pot in the fridge. So I just put the food away now. And I'm like, no, you show, you like, don't let him do that. Like, right. you, like don't just, don't you, incompet- but also don't teach him. Don't teach him. Yeah. But <laughs> figure it out a different way. Yeah. Don't weaponize, don't let him weaponize incompetence. Right. Like, it's just, don't don't do that. Like your partner do is not your parent. Your partner's not your parent. Uh, 
full point. So I want a button that says <laughs> your that. Your partner's not your parent. Not your parent. <laughs> um, and I don't hate men. I'm just a lesbian. I want better for them. Just like the Barbie movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we want better for everybody. We want better for everyone. Be um, we know that everyone deals with their own struggles in different ways, yeah. of course. Um, and the last part of this question is, how can I feel comfortable being alone and stop feeling this lingering shame? Mm. Which is like so shocking to me that she would say like she's shameful yeah. of this. It's like, first of all, you've done nothing wrong. No. People are in relationships, are out of relationships. And I'm very much of the belief that anything that passes by you is not meant for you. Exactly. And so if if this relationship ended, whether you wanted it or not, she did. And you should not have anyone who does not want to be with you as much as you want to be with them. Yeah. There should never be that imbalance of like, well, I really love them and they're still, they're, you know, sticking with me because I want to be with them. No. You don't want that. You don't want to, you don't want a a dutiful partner. You want a partner that like loves you. And it's, and it has nothing like putting your own value in someone else's value of you or whatever term you want to use there. Like is so, that's so sad to me that you would like feel shameful of yourself because someone else didn't want to, have that life experience with you or continue to be with you. And I feel like we've all been in that place before where you're like, I don't know if I was good enough or yeah. if mm-hmm. I, like if that, that when relationships, whether they're romantic or friendships sever, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I clearly didn't do everything I could in order to maintain this relationship. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think, and I think really what it is is just like, note to your point, that wasn't a relationship for you. That wasn't right. what was meant to be your person. People are all different. And so, I don't know if that's what the question's asking, but affiliating shame with just like a severance or with being different, you should just be okay with being different. I think yeah. a, a lot of that is um, a lot of people tell, and I do this a lot, especially <laughs> from being just in the creative industry, my brain wants to tell stories. And mm-hmm. if I'm not actively working on a story, it's going to make some up for me, whether it's about <laughs> oh, no. other people or <laughs> what's going on or like myself. And yeah. so in that same way where it's like, I feel sh- like I feel shameful about a recent breakup or whatever. Um, it's that story that you're telling yourself. It's what you have built narratively. And so just try to stop telling stories. Like yeah. what, what stories are actually true or what are you actually trying to like, wh- yeah. who's telling the story? I think would be another thing. Yeah. Love yourself. Yeah. yeah. As well. Sorry. We were going to say something. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, I feel like they're 26. They're technically Gen Z. Yeah. They like see aging different. Mm. Like it feels quicker for them. Oh, sure. So like, like we used to joke about like, haha, he, he 30 year olds, but they're like, haha, he, he 25 year olds are right. old. So it's just like it, the time dilation is different. I don't know if that's a pandemic thing. I don't know if it's a, mm, if it's an internet culture thing. I don't know if it's a, a timeline feeling shorter because of climate change thing but they see time differently so I, I understand why this person feels shame about not being with someone at 26 years old but like also you got time unless the climate says no but you got time yeah, yeah. yeah uh, time. and then also like this is the funny answer um be delusional delulu to be delulu just like just like make up whatever you need to get to the, through the day like you yeah. can do that you can literally do that as long mm. as it's not hurting anyone you can you That's can say, you, and you can say whatever you need to say to yourself to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I love being Delulu. It's it's my <laughs> it's my favorite. I've never I've never done it. You never. I think I'm gonna start. doing You know it. what you should start like, doing, yeah. which I actually has found that has helped me a lot. Telling yourself every day that I am so lucky. <laughs> That's great. No, yeah. like honestly. That's like, great. I am so, saying I am so lucky, and good things happen to me, because okay. then you'll start to notice when good things happen to you. Yeah, and how you are lucky. So basically telling yourself something, what what you want to believe or what you want to happen to you, your mind will pick out moments where that is true 
And essentially, like, that'll be more prevalent in your mind of like, I am so lucky and good things happen to me. Look at this. Look at that. that just Hell happened. yeah. I'm going to try out being delusional for a week. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to text you guys every night being like, have you said your, how's, how's <laughs> your delusional how's affirmations going? Yeah. today? Yeah. You said your affirmations. <laughs> Give it a try. You never know. Okay. Why not? The brain is a, a very powerful thing. Yeah. The most powerful thing, I would say. Manifest it. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you guys both so much for joining us today. Thank you, Barbara. This episode I'm so of Always Open. To be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, you know, Drew, you have your movie on Seed and Spark now yeah. that uh, is going to be finishing up its campaign soon. Uh, that you can go find on Drew's social media. Social media anywhere that you follow. Me. Anything else you'd like to plug before we wrap things up? Mm, no, that's it. Perfect. Uh, Griff, anything you'd like to plug? Oh yeah, uh, listen to the RT podcast. Uh, you can find it wherever you find podcasts, or you can find it on the Rooster Teeth website if you're a first member, a uh, day early and ad free. Hell yeah. And yeah, as a reminder, please do sign up for first membership. It does help this show and everything we create here at the company and everything we are doing um, come to fruition and happen. So thank you all so much for watching this episode of Always Open. Go check out Drew's movie and the RT podcast, of course, that Griff and some wonderful people are doing every single week. And of course, subscribe to the All Good No Worries YouTube channel. Check out Always Open every single Tuesday and follow us on social media for some fun clips and interactivity and all that uh, amazing stuff. We love to have it. Uh, thank you guys for watching and we will see you next week.